Hello, and welcome back to Epiloggers, a book club for fantasy fiction and nerd-like reading where we crack open a beer as we crack open our books. Shay, my co-host, and I try out a new book every month in a two-part series so that you can experience the books right along with us. This episode, we're doing something a little different and reviewing a movie, the Mortal Engines movie that came out in November of 2018. Since we just read the book, we figured it would be a good time to review the movie that we hadn't seen. So here's your spoiler warning. We're discussing the books and we're discussing the movie. So if you need to watch either, you need to do so now. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at EpiloggersPod to join the discussion and let us know what you thought of the book. As always, thank you so much for listening. And if you could give us a rating and review in your podcasting app, that helps us grow and build an amazing audience to share our love for fantasy with. All right, let's get on with the episode. Good morning, Jay. Oh, good morning, Shay. <laughs> How's your coffee, Fe? It's so good. Mm. Tell me about it. Um, it's Trader Joe's coffee, mm. which we don't have those around here. Yeah, that's the benefit of the town that I live in. <laughs> it's really good, actually. And my like perception of Trader Joe's, because I used to only go there as a treat when my mom would take me, because it was a far away from my childhood home right um is that it was like really expensive and they have the best snacks they so do though yeah that's I where decided we found I the original snacks. cookie butter right yes oh that's where we got cookie God. butter yeah holy shit um they have these coffee cookies so it's a a shortbread with coffee grounds in it essentially Ooh, they're called kona cookies i think oh, oh. i think i've heard of them <sighs> They're so good. They are the cookies of dreams. And that's what I went there for. I was like, you know what? I want to go to Trader Joe's because I pass it sometimes. And I was like, we're going. Let's go to Trader Joe's and get some good snacks. So we got some good snacks. And we were low on coffee. And their coffee was surprisingly not expensive. So that's good. um, Usually we get Green Mountain or Starbucks. So tried Trader Joe's. It's really good. I really and like Starbucks Blonde Roast. Have you ever yeah. had it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's one of their my favorites from them. Yeah. It's definitely a little bit easier to drink black. Oh, that's good. I cannot drink most of Starbucks coffee black. Like, it needs at least a splash of milk or something. Yeah. And conspiracy theory. Um, when I was visiting family in Seattle, where Starbucks originated, mm-hmm. I assumed that they kind of knew their shit about Starbucks. And of course, when we went, I think we went right after we got nails or right before we got nails done for the wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, they had they were so, so basic with their <laughs> order. <laughs> I remember Oh, I remember listening to my one cousin order her beverage. <laughs> it was just like, I, I, you can't even call it coffee because it was like a white mocha with like three pumps of chocolate syrup. But then, you know, like one of those yeah. kind of ordeals. Three pumps, skim milk. <laughs> yeah. I can I can never finish this joke. Like I always want to do this joke where I do the basic white girl order, but I yeah. don't know all the specifications. <laughs> so I can't, oh, I'm getting I can pretty good, I joke. think. Yeah. Um, I guess the lines, my um, one student told me that the lines on the side of the Starbucks cup are help help them measure. Mm-hmm. So she will order 
a tall, but then say take the milk up to the second line and then fill from the second line up to with coffee, which I guess they do it opposite. They'll fill to the first line with coffee mm-hmm. and then fill to like the second line with milk. And then right. the third like is the ice. Right. And then so she like she wants like 75% milk and like 25% coffee. So she like has them rearrange the order. And I'm like, if that's <laughs> any kind of basic order, it's that one. Yeah, it's that. <laughs> I have to admit that I have specified pumps before. Yeah. So, like, because I can't handle how much sugar they put in it. So, <clears throat> when I get the London, London Fog, yeah. I ask for one pump mm-hmm. of vanilla syrup, especially if I get a bigger one, because otherwise they put four. Oh, God. And, like, that is just too much sugar. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and sometimes if I'm feeling like I've been, I don't know, eating like shit and I still want Starbucks, <laughs> yeah. I'll get their mocha and ask for like one or two pumps of the chocolate stuff. Right, which is normally four too, I believe. Yeah, four. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't hate it. <laughs> yeah. I can't I can't fault them for playing the game. Yeah. And I love some of their drinks. Like I'm just as guilty mm-hmm. as every other white Basic person. white bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Basic white bitch. Mm. So let me tell you about how my cat woke me up this morning. <laughs> yeah. So I went to bed around midnight, which is like, that's pretty late. Yeah. For me. For you, Grandma. <laughs> yeah, for me. So I go to bed and I set some alarms to wake up this morning. However, just as a reminder for anyone who listens, I'm pretty deaf. <laughs> and In one ear. <laughs> in one ear. And if I'm sleeping on my good one, there's a lot of noises that my bad one just doesn't hear. Yeah. It doesn't matter how loud it is. It just doesn't hear certain frequencies. And sometimes that's various alarms on my phone. <laughs> Apparently, the one that I picked, because I got a new phone and I have just been like letting it default for the alarm. I haven't picked one that I know works. This one doesn't work. So yeah. I was sleeping on my good ear and my alarm is going off and the cat <laughs> is getting pissed. <laughs> Because she I'm got not, woken up. <laughs> she got woken up and she's like, yo, I eat at seven every morning. Where is my breakfast? So uh-huh. she like runs across the bed a couple times. That's like she has escalating levels of what she'll do to wake us up. Mm-hmm. So she like walks across us or she'll like try to dig me out of the covers, like around my shoulders or my arms. She'll bite your arm if you leave it out of the covers. <laughs> Just like gently sink her little fangs into your flesh. So she's doing all of that and I'm ignoring her because also a key point of the story, the blinds were closed. So there's no sunlight to indicate what time it is to me. Yep. So she's trying all her tricks. None of it's working. So she gives up and she goes on the floor and I've slept through. The alarm at this point gave up. Like it only rang for a certain amount of time and then it just like turned off. Right. So she's desperate. She wants that breakfast. (laughs) The alarm's not even helping her. She starts pawing at this plastic hamper that I have. Like all of my barn stuff goes in this plastic hamper because I couldn't, I would never be able to put this in the cloth hamper that I have because like how would I clean the hamper? Like it has to go in a plastic hamper so that it contains all of the barn dirt. Mm -hmm. So she's pawing at this plastic hamper And I woke up so fucking fast because I thought that she had thrown up. Oh. And, like, that's that's what she does. Like, she'll throw up and then she'll try to bury it with, like, whatever's on the floor. Mm -hmm. So I, like, look at her and she's pawing this bag and she's moved some clothes around on the ground that were, like, near the hamper. And I was like, oh, my God. 
she put my hat into this pile of vomit that I can't see. No. So I like have been woken up by this noise. I get up and I'm like, oh my God, she probably threw up. I check the time and I'm like, oh, it's late. That's why she (laughs) threw up. Because if she doesn't like, if she goes too long without eating breakfast, her little tummy gets upset and she does throw up. Yeah. So I was like, oh no, this poor cat. So I start trying to move the clothes around so that I can find where she has thrown up. (laughs) There's no vomit. Mm -hmm. She didn't throw up. She just pretended to bury something. Oh my God. And it woke me up. Mm -hmm. Because she knows you jump out of bed at the sound of vomit. She knows I jump out of bed at the sound of her burying stuff. (laughs) That... (laughs) Little shit. <laughs> Jesus. Smart, smart kitty. <laughs> and now I've reinforced it because I got out of bed. <laughs> you did. Well, but then, you know, like it's the cat who cried wolf, so you can't. That's true. You can't not get out of bed. Yeah. I'll send you a picture of my coffee. Okay. I just finished it all, though, so good thing I took a picture before I drank it. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm getting pretty low on mine, too. I haven't had breakfast yet. Because I really want to make pancakes. So I'm going to do that when we're done here. Oh, good. Anyway. Anywho. How was your night last night? It was good. I ate a bunch of popcorn and watched the movie. And I only complained a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Did you complain out loud while it was happening? Yeah. And then Uh. when the movie was over, I made my girlfriend sit there and listen (laughs) to what the story actually was. I was like... Uh, when this is done, I'm going to have to tell you how the book actually went so that I can get it out of my system. So we like, the movie ends and she's like, okay, are you going <laughs> to tell me now? And I was like, so first of all. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. So I don't, didn't really, I didn't really remember it that mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Isn't that interesting that I, so I was thinking about that the whole time <clears throat> and I, sorry, was particularly interested in like how your perception of it was going to be different the second time through you know actually reading Mm -hmm. the book yeah um so yeah what was what was the second take like i don't know it kind of felt less like impactful i don't know if that's Mm -hmm. really it's like way too like feeling of a word but i'm like impactful is like the only thing that's coming to mind and that lost the punch yeah, because it seemed really cool, like a really good movie the first time around. Yeah. But I didn't understand the characters from the characters' point of view, like we get mm-hmm. to hear in the book. Yeah, and the ending seems so much more blasé. Yeah, now. I think I think part of that is because the ending of Mortal Engines is so aggressive, right? Yeah, you know, like it really hit home, and it was you know, like impactful, I guess. Yeah, Uh, like the whole Catherine storyline is so tragic and that really like hits you in the feels and then fucking all of London dies and they just whoever directed wrote you know like I don't really know who made those creative choices yeah I don't know who makes the creative choices in a movie we'll get to that because (laughs) Peter Jackson Um, I don't know who makes the creative choices but they like made it so happy I know. I guess. It was yeah. like so cheesy at the end mm-hmm. that like London one gets to live, Catherine gets to live, which fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think in general, the characters were like one of my biggest gripes with the movie. 
that they were all like very surface level characters. Um, I think that was the biggest thing too, because you didn't yeah. really get that the first time around, like how very basic and like you don't, Hester's just another girl, Tom's just another guy. Yeah. Like, it's just like, it's not really anything specific until you read the book and Hester has this really, really like negative self-worth and then the mm-hmm. big turnaround towards the end and you just do not get that. Mm-hmm. at all no you don't i really think they did a disservice to her character yeah and uh, okay i was gonna complain about peter jackson at the end but it's gonna happen now because it's relevant yeah i just feel like they really like washed her out and made her like more hollywood and more feminine you know mm-hmm. like they just like took all of the spite out of her and made her bland I think, so that she would be more, I don't know, likable? Well, so I was reading a little bit of the reviews, <clears throat> and this movie did not get very good reviews. But, yeah. and we'll talk about that. Like, anyone, any young adult novel and their fan base is just literally never pleased. So, well, right, yeah. But I think, oh, what the creative director, whoever, said, mm-hmm. they needed to, to reduce the Scar's appearance and, like, the drastic measures of her her personality and her storyline so that it would be more believable that she fell in love with Tom and Tom liked her. Wow. 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 Isn't that awful? Wow. Also, also, this, <laughs> is my, this is my problem with Peter Jackson. The first set of Lord of the Rings movies are really good. I, you know, like, watched the movies and fell in love with them as a kid. And so later as an adult, I knew that a lot of people who were, like, diehard Tolkien fans... <clears throat> disagreed. Disagreed with the choices that he made for Lord of the Rings. I can say, like, there are some choices and I'm like, eh, I'm not really sure why they did that, but that's fine. But overall, I really like the Lord of the Rings movies and the Lord of the Rings books. Yeah. They're they're fine to me. Mm-hmm. I do have serious issues with what he did to The Hobbit. Oh, yeah. And, like, splitting The Hobbit into three movies and, like, practically inventing characters so that there would be a romantic line mm-hmm. in the story. Yeah, I remember so, it, uh, your brother was really pissed about that. <laughs> yeah, the, so I don't understand why there needs to be a romance. And also, Tom and Hester don't fall in love. Yeah. Like, they become very close, but also right, they're, and- like, teens. Right. It's to assume that they became, like, very closely, um, intimately friendshiped. Right. It's not necessarily that they, you know, make out and have sex at the end of the book. Right. He's just like, you know what? Her face isn't so bad. <laughs> yeah. Just by the end of the book, basically. He pretty much comes to respect her as the strong person that she is, despite of how she looks. It's almost like he can accept her as the human being that she is. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't care about what she looks like. Oh my God, who'd have thought that it makes me so mad that that was their line of reasoning. I thought you were going to say it was going to be too difficult to do her makeup like that every day. Nope. No, it's just to make it more believable that mm-hmm. Tom, who doesn't really have any outstanding qualities himself, except that he does show bravery and he does have compassion right, towards but he's Hester. Still, like, does, he ha- does he have a personality at all? No, I kind of I mean, thought that he lacked a little bit of a personality in the book, but yeah. man, does he have absolutely none in the movie. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Yeah. I, <laughs> Speaking I can't of, believe to make like, it more believable. I know. Isn't that sad? It's really yeah. sad. 
the the whole point of her of Hester's storyline and her mm-hmm. savage you know revenge desire mm-hmm. is partly because of her face yeah yeah she, he also killed her mother and ruined her life and caused her to grow up with a fucking inhuman undead resurrected man yes but she also has a very mortifyingly destructed face yeah so like that's that's embodies a lot of her resentment towards this man that he not only ruined her life as an eight-year-old he continues to ruin her life every single day and every single time someone looks at her and goes oh fuck yeah so i like it just doesn't make sense then like her wanting revenge is really kind of just like washed away a little Mm -hmm. bit Mm -hmm. yeah 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 it, it just just it's all watered down all mm-hmm. the characters were watered down big time. Yeah. I, I also didn't understand the choices that they made for Valentine, like why he is suddenly the mastermind of the whole plan. Right. And I didn't feel like that was necessary. No, like, I don't. It could have been Chrome. Like the, it didn't make sense to make it Valentine. I guess they didn't want too many characters. But then well, so why not cut out Anna Fang's team? You know what I mean? Like yeah. Anna Fang's team meant nothing to us in the book and in the movie. Like it, they yeah. literally meant nothing. So, exactly. And they got incorporated way too late to mean anything to us. You know, right. they showed up five minutes later. They're dead. It's like, what do we fucking care? Right. And none of them had names. Like they just like were there. Yeah. So, and also like if you're going to make it um, Valentine and he's like the mastermind and he's like also some kind of engineer that he's been doing this himself kind yeah, of ish yeah. I, it was a little confusing so they had dr twix in it and she's mm-hmm. suddenly working on the medusa project right. like just cut her out then she was not necessary right i get i get it like i understand why they cut out all the resurrected men because well they didn't really hash shrike out anyway because like right i was watching some review youtube channels like the everything wrong with this movie and oh, less God. than number minutes and i'm like oh okay let's see what some lay person has to say yeah and he i mean it was very blatant like if you didn't know what shrike was or why they don't help you at all they don't tell Mm -mm. you anything Mm -mm. they don't help you at all understand what shrike is and why he acts like that other than the fact that he says the last of the lazarus men yeah are are we supposed to get that reference so yes and no so like Lazarus, and I don't remember why, is, and you're like, I don't know if it's biblical or not, because I know Lazarus is a biblical name, but um, Lazarus has something to do with resurrecting dead people. That's why there was a horror movie called, like, The Lazarus Project or The Lazarus Effect. Mm -hmm. Um, In folklore, which is what I'm going to call it, Lazarus has to deal with bringing people back from the dead. Okay. So, but yeah, I mean, like a normal person who just wanted to watch this because it's like steampunk, they're not, and like me included, they don't understand what the Lazarus effect was supposed to mean or the last of the Lazarus men. Like, what is that supposed to mean to us? Right. And it's not until Shrike dies in the movie that you're kind of like, he liked her, like he loved her as a kid, but like he still doesn't like explain that. He was once alive, other than the fact, like, I'm going to remake you. Like, I don't know. It just seemed very vague enough to not really help the first time watcher out. Right. They didn't really explain, like, how terrifying they are. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they were supposed to have, like, bladed hands or something like that, right? Yeah, I imagine them with retractable claws because he, like, has them in or has them out. 
Yeah, you know, at so, one yeah. point when when they're like terrified, Hester's like, no, like his claws weren't even out. Oh, so like that's he right. can retract them. Yeah, and you like have uh, softer metal hands. <laughs> so I looked up Lazarus because I kind of wanted to know. Yeah, um, Lazarus is a person who died, and four days after his death, Jesus resurrected him. Oh, so that's he's a saint. I'm guessing in in Catholic religion. Okay. Yeah, his name is Lazarus. Lazarus, the four days dead. Oh, God. So it's one of the miracles that Jesus did. Oh, interesting. Okay. But yeah, so that's why in culture that has remained a like version or a like symbol of resurrecting things. And in the book, um, the original resurrected that Shrike is part of are called the Lazarus men. Mm. But that means absolutely nothing to his story. Like, it doesn't explain right. anything. It, it was just like when I read it, I was yeah. like, oh, cool. That would have been a really cool thing to call them because it, you know, like represents resurrection. And the first time they got it right, it would have had like a biblical weight to it, you know? Yeah, definitely. But like, that's it. It doesn't explain anything. It was just no, it that, doesn't like, when I read us. it, I was like, oh, cool. Next. Well, and like him collecting all the dolls. Let's just finish off the Shrike. Like, like yeah. why did he have to collect all the dolls? Like, I get it. He was supposed to have like memories. I don't know. It just seemed like they altered his character in a weird way. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. To, to humanize to him. To humanize him. They like tried to give him a sad story, which I think humanizes him too much because he was much creepier in the book because he does collect dolls and other yeah, yeah, figurines yeah. in the book. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. They tried to make the dolls creepy. But, like, I just imagined him collecting, like, just kid toys. Just kid toys, dolls, whatever he could find. Yeah. And, like, not necessarily, you know, to me, it wasn't that he was, like, replacing some, you know, like, aspect of his humanity. And, you know, like, he wasn't right. putting Hester as some child that he had lost. Like, he wasn't filling a hole with Hester. To me, it was that he was insane. You know, like, yeah. it made him creepier that... He does not have human emotions, but he still feels the need to collect things. Yeah. And he, like, probably appreciated having Hester around and therefore wanted to make her a resurrected. Right. It seemed more in the book that he wanted to help her by making, mm -hmm. allowing her the option to forget. And, you know, like, that was the whole point. Like, he wanted mm -hmm. to help her erase her memories, erase right. her feelings, and and so that she could move past this. Right. And then, like, the big point of her leaving is, like, realizing that she doesn't want to move past it yet. She wants to... She's right. more she, bent on revenge than right. moving past it. Right, she wants the revenge it. first. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought, like, the, the addition of, like, her promising to him that she would do it was dumb because I thought the yeah. creepy reveal, like, when he catches up to her mm -hmm. and she's like, you know, why are you chasing me like this? And he's like, oh, I want to kill you and make you a resurrected. I thought that was, like, way creepier than, like, yeah. she agreed to it beforehand and, like, their relationship was weird in the movie that, you know, like, I don't know. It just, like, didn't make sense to me. I guess. Yeah, it, it definitely gave me more of a father-daughter, like, relationship feeling than it did where friends in the book. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't like death. that they, like, made him, like, understand that she loved him. Like, yeah. I just didn't, I didn't like that. No, it so was So that's what so shut him down. Dumb. Yeah, I, oh my god, I cannot, <laughs> I cannot deal with the fact that he had, like, taken some hits and then, like, Hester being in love with someone else, like, shut him down. Because, 
what is that supposed to mean? That he loved her, like, as a partner? Because that's fucking weird. Yeah. You know, like, is it father-daughter? Because then he, it wouldn't matter if she had feelings for a person her own age, her own right, body type. It didn't It was sense. so dumb. It, like, oh, his death was just, like, ridiculous. I was laughing. Uh, but this, again, is, like, this Peter Jackson choice that, like, everything needs to be, like, the feelies. And it can only be one type of of love one type of love feels right i just hate it i hate it so much get it out of my movies i don't need it the movies are gonna sell without two people falling in love well and they don't really even still you know what Mm -mm. i mean like as the tom doesn't get to hear what what shrike and hester are talking about he's unconscious but an easy fix for that little scene would have just been tom coming awake him seeing shrike standing over top of him panicking and then pushing him over the edge where and you still get that you don't know what the final result between hester and shrike were because i thought that was a really important point in between their relationship in the book too that it kind of left on a cliffhanger yeah and like in the book Right as Shrike is dying, he remembers who he is and he wants to tell Hester and he doesn't get to. Yeah. But here he just like Oh, you dies. love him? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tragic. Uh. Yeah. Also, like, that would have been an easy him. fix. And like you could have still like, let's say, oh, you do love him. And then her being like, oh, fuck, what? And then Tom waking up and pushing him over the edge. So yeah. like it's you still could have had like. He didn't need to shut down because of love. <laughs> no, he really, he really didn't. And also, Tom <laughs> or even Anna Fang show up. Yeah, or yeah, because Tom has no other um, encouraging factor about him anyway. Yeah, like that was like one of the redeeming qualities of Tom that yeah. he like faced this terrifying, incredible evil. Yeah, because he you know is starting to want to protect Hester and help Hester, and then she gets pissed at him. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't he fucking got to do this him. for me. <laughs> and he just passes out. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Shrike. He deserved so much better. He did. In reality, I really like the whole resurrected men in the book to begin with. Like, I mm-hmm. really like that idea that part of the final warfare in War of the Worlds is that we had these, we were using dead bodies and creating robots from them, which is just, right. it, it's just creepy and crazy. So, yeah, it's sad that that whole storyline kind of disappeared. Yeah. Agreed. Um, another storyline disappeared. <laughs> the pirates? <laughs> oh, Catherine. Oh, well, the pirates were definitely going to get X-Nate. There was absolutely yeah. no reason for them to be in the book in the first place. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So, like, when they were in there, I was like, yep, that makes sense. They chose the creepy couple that kidnaps them and yeah. tries to sell them as slavery, which they didn't actually get sold in the book, right? Like, they no, just they escaped. Get there. They get there, and then while they're parking, they escape. Okay, that's what I thought. And yeah. Hester helps them escape. Yeah. She's just, like, laying there. Mortally wounded. And then mm-hmm. Tom can't finish the job and she's like, all right, gets up and kicks her way out. Yeah. Again, watering down her character. No, Tom, save yourself. Leave me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Catherine's storyline. Completely gone. Completely gone. And like they threw Bevis, which <laughs> it's Bevis. Um, LOL. <laughs> LOL. They I threw still like him to call him Bevis. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why he was there. Like what purpose did he serve? I don't know. Other than, like, to have that character. Honestly, she could have done that sneaking around herself. You right, know? and that would have given her a little bit more depth. <laughs> right. She just, like, asks Bevis for help. And, and you know, it kind of takes away some of her agency, too. Like, yeah. as a female character, she had to go get help from someone. A dude. And, <laughs> yeah, go get help from a dude. Also, Tom tells her how to stop the city, which he somehow knows how to do. 
Yeah, we'll get there. (laughs) (laughs) But so how like I'm sitting here less than 12 hours after watching this movie and I can't even tell you or describe to you Catherine's role in the movie. She doesn't have one. Like so Beavis, Bevis, Bevis tells her that he saw Valentine push Natsworthy over. Yeah. And then what does she do? Her and Bevis are seen walking around the historian or the museum. I'm sorry. And then is that kind of it? Yeah. Yeah. How does she go from, you know, loving her father to thinking the worst of him? Uh, she sees him kill the mayor because her and Bevis are sneaking around Medusa. Wait, he kills Chrome? Yeah, he shoots I must him. Have, I must have gotten water during that part because I definitely don't remember that. Yeah, it it wasn't useful. No. Chrome tries to talk him out of it. And he's like, we're going to shut this operation down. You're crazy. Oh, and, I do remember that. And then he shoots him. Yeah. Okay, so then that's how Catherine sees that her father is very evil. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And in this context, he's evil. Yeah, he's, he's not very like, evil. Yeah, it was so much more character development and character depth when he was just like a coward who was an instrument of evil. You know, yeah. like he didn't even have agency. Hmm. Chrome was the evil I- in the book. Well, and he was mad. He yes. was like the Mad King Nuts. evil. <laughs> yeah, Mad King evil. Planets are going to eat each other. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> uh But then we also don't get the reveal of Hester being her sister, but I guess it doesn't really matter because Catherine seems to totally forget about Hester. Yeah, she like totally forgets about Hester. And Valentine reveals to Hester that he's her father. Yeah. Which we don't technically know that. I mean, it's not that Hester knows. Right. Hester never finds that out. No. Why? Unless she overhears it. Is she still in the room when he mentions... No, no. He says that mm-hmm. to Catherine in their house. He says it to Catherine in the house. That's right. Yeah. There's no way Hester knows that. And Catherine dies. And then Valentine stays there with her. Hester never finds out that Valentine could have been her father. Wow. Yeah. That changes so much. Yeah. Poor Catherine. She deserves so much better. She did. Also, why did she have to be blonde? She's supposed to look like Hester. It almost made it seem like maybe Catherine wasn't his daughter. Yeah, honestly. You know, like, she was just, like, some kid that he picked up somewhere. They, like, <laughs> don't explain where her mother was or, like, what's going on there. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. what Other than her being able to shut down the brakes, like, what did she – did she really serve any other purpose in this movie? No, and they had some weird plot with her, like, wanting traction cities – to live with static cities in peace or something. Mm-hmm. And, like, that doesn't get developed. They just, like, throw that out there. I don't know why. I right, because she's supposed to be very anti... Or she's supposed to be very for traction. Because that's what... Her and Tom are very for traction. And then Hester's anti-traction. Mm-hmm. And over time, Catherine becomes anti-traction on her own. Mm-hmm. Because she sees, like, the destruction that the traction cities are doing. Right. And then and she's like, we yeah, deserve Hester to be turns eaten. Tom. Yeah, yeah, like everybody else, yeah. basically. Huh. Uh, yeah. It, all in all, the storyline, like the pacing of the movie was rushed, you know? Yeah. And I like they picked how? the wrong events. It was two I think. hours long. <laughs> yeah. I, I think they just selected the wrong things, fleshed out the wrong things, fleshed out the wrong people, added people they didn't need, like 
they shouldn't have had Bevis. Like, if you're no. not going to give him the relationship with Catherine and make it tragic, it serves no purpose. Right. And she could have done that stuff herself. Yeah, she could have done it herself because you've already washed out Hester, so we need a different female. Right. And then you didn't need Chrome at all because no. then just make Valentine the mayor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, then you didn't need Chrome at all. No. So nope. I will say that the cities were really cool. Oh, my God. Like, the, the CGI, CGI for the cities <laughs> was really cool. And, like, the devices that they had and, you know, like, how mm-hmm. they showed the cities, like, coming together or coming apart or moving and... Like, mm-hmm. the gut was really cool. All that stuff was really cool. Yeah. No, I loved all of that. And I, mm-hmm. I really did like Airhaven and that you kept saying that you didn't or you said last night in your text that you didn't like all the single air vessels. Oh, not the air vessels. Um, The traction things. So, like. What? Um, Shrike and Hester live in a single traction unit. Mm-hmm. And uh, the couple that picks them up mm-hmm. is a single traction unit. Like, it's just a teeny tiny car sized yeah. bug. That was really cool. But I don't think there's any single traction units in the book. Like, when they get picked up by that couple, it's mm-hmm. actually a town. Right. It's a town, but it's only their family. Well, their family and, like, their extended family. Right. And we're so, just like, to assume that it's Alabama. <laughs> yeah. I just, like, assumed it would be larger. Oh, you know, like, I Like, I just guess, thought it yeah. was weird that it was, like, just the husband and his wife. Oh, okay. And, like, it didn't really seem... Yeah, there was, like, more people later that I was surprised about because... For scale, they seemed like they would only fit two people. And then, like, mm-hmm. suddenly there was more rooms and more people. And, like, well, that kind of Well, it was a me. big, long centipede. I don't know. I guess that's true. I, I was on that. I was fine with that. The In the single traction units, like, some people are going to be stuck out there and are going to have to create their own little... Yeah unit i liked how all of the little units would come together in that very first scene all these little units came together and created a town and then everyone just packed up and ran yeah that was really cool and how i know that was my favorite scene (laughs) yeah that was really cool Mm -hmm. yeah so that stuff was really good like the cgi for the towns is really good cgi for shrike was like mediocre which was weird (laughs) yeah and i texted you and he looked like so when um valentine's talking to him in the box and he gets really close yeah and he puts his mouth up there and starts talking like his top teeth look fine and then Uh his bottom teeth are completely rotted out and his mouth looks like bonnie from uh, five nights at freddy's yep as soon as you sent me that text and you were like why his mouth look like bonnie from fnaf I died. <laughs> it was because it was really so creepy. accurate. And we and had, it like, looked like just he had talked whiskers. About, yes. Like, we like had just talked about how his mouth looked so weird. And uh, my girlfriend was like, the cities were done really well with the CGI. They just like run out of budget on this one. And I was like, I don't know. He's going to come in later. I was like, maybe he'll look better out of the box. And she's like, all right, that mouth, though. I don't know. <laughs> it was just like it gave you the heebie-jeebies in the wrong way. Yeah, it was like it was in Uncanny Valley, you know, like yeah. when it wasn't because his character was creepy. It was because the animation like took on a creepy appearance. A really weird turn there. Yeah. <laughs> he became a bunny for five hot seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God. God. But no, everything else like the CGI on everything else was great. Yeah. Um, You didn't like Anna. Yeah. I thought her character was cool. It was very, like, Matrix-esque yeah, character. She was I, very. I liked the movie character a lot, and I liked that they made her really badass, and she, like, you know... Took some ran, people out. And, took some yeah. people out, and she was, Fucking like, super good. the shit out of someone's yeah, face. Yeah, scorpions the shit out of that guy. <laughs> that was all fine. I liked all that. 
Um, I just like didn't think it was Anna because in the book, she is like incredibly kind and incredibly positive. And she has yeah. like a kind of wicked smile, I think. You know, like she's always smiling, but it's like rueful and mischievous. Whereas yeah. here, she was much more like stoic and badass. Mm-hmm. So I like them both just separately. Yeah, I feel you. Um, did I read something that Anna Fang in the book has red teeth? Did I miss that part? Yes. No, no, no. You're right. She, um, it's from eating something that keeps you from getting air sickness. Oh. There's like a plant or a clay. I'm not sure. And so like if you're getting air sick, you can take it to help you with like the low oxygen levels of being so high up in the atmosphere and nausea. But if you have to do that all the time, apparently it stains your teeth red. So yeah, she has red teeth. Yeah, I forgot. I totally missed that part. Did she say that in the movie? No. No, well, that's what that's a gripe that people had because that she didn't have red teeth, and I'm like, you guys are oh. fucking stupid. Yeah, no, they're not going to put that in. I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah. So we already did kind of discuss like what they should have been like. What should they have taken out to make this more of a wholesome story? Um, I think Catherine. Like, if you're not going to do Catherine's storyline the way it was on the book, just remove her. Right. I kind of felt like that too. Like, yeah. she didn't really help us at all. It Mm-mm. evolved the plot, other than. No, you know, well, no. she gave us a little bit of background into like, oh, wow, that's what the world used to look like. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she gave us a little bit of history, but I'm sure that could have been hashed out with Tom spending a little bit more time on the city. Right. Yeah. He could have just like run into a single historian. Yeah. While he was polishing something, you know? Like, yeah. And then you didn't have to name them. And mm-mm. I feel like that would have allowed us a little bit more time to hash out Hester or Tom in a more meaningful manner. And then they really, like, until about midway in the movie, I felt they were very on par with the book. Mm -hmm. Like, I felt like everything was moving very well. Like, it's, I was like, this is uncannily like the book. Right. Um, But I think that's where they went wrong. I think they tried, they were resembling it much too too similarly. Too closely. Yeah. Yeah. And then then, diverge too. And then diverge too, like, too crazy. Yeah. And that's where, like, then you're just losing shit. So, like, don't hash out all that shit that's meaningless in the beginning. Like that. Right. The the creepy husband and wife. You spent, there was probably 20 minutes of movie there. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, for no reason. Why? And they they threw in the one line when she like makes the tea oh, and yeah. she gives it to Tom and it doesn't have the sleeping potion in them. Nope. Um she makes some line about the sewers and mm-hmm. I don't remember what it was. Like I couldn't understand. It came, well, it, it was the algae. Oh, good. I'm glad you think so. The algae came from uh beneath the sewer deck. Oh, okay. So I thought that was like their one little nod to the fact that they're trying to recycle human waste as food. Yeah, I but think like, so. So it was like a nod to that, which right. is fine, I guess. Like, yeah, that, yeah. Started that, started that, and then just like abandoned it. I mean, that's done. just one of those things that you would love. But again, this is a two-hour-long movie. Like, you're not gonna. Right. There's no way you're gonna hash that out. No. Um. But but that whole construct and then wasting the time selling them like it was just for right. added anxiety. But I don't think I think Anna Fang could have just swooped down, picked them up. So right. one thing that's really interesting about Anna's character is that she knows Hester. Yes. And like Hester's mom was like some famous anti-interactionist. Yeah. And but so how did Aunt, did Anna just come upon Hester and recognize her? Or did she, like, go there because she knew she was going to be there? I don't know. At first, it seemed like she and Hester had spent time together. 
Yeah, but you know, Hester, like when she was first trying to get her, and she was like only trying to get Hester, and I was like, D- "Are they gonna make it that like she's been with her before?" And then she was yeah. like, oh, "I know who you are," and I was like, "Oh, okay." Also, Hester just like trusts this woman randomly, right? Yeah, and that's not at all Hester's character. Because I remember even having a note in my phone like the t- second time, oh, the pirates, when Hester just like completely trust those pirates right out the bat and tries to hop on that ship and go explore that ship like that wasn't hester's character either like Mm -mm. she's very singular and not wanting to do that right i mean that's kind of your point before with like her face has really changed how she interacts with the world she doesn't trust people to help her because she's so hideous you know right like people have treated her differently and they kind of made some like instances of that where people just like mention her scar and yeah, like casually though <laughs> yeah just like casually make mean comments about it really but it it was like much more for vanity in the movie than it was for like people don't accept her as another person in the book right it was just I mean, like so she superficial looks, she's so much more like voldy in the book like no nose half a mouth like yeah just you know no I mean? eye so, no, eye. I even said I was like, they could have just like they could have at least given her one eye. Yeah. She could have worn an eye patch like that would have been just as right. Easy yeah, to I don't stomach. Know. Well, and even if you had the scar go down through the eye and yeah. just or have and have like a white eye so that yeah. she's like blind out of that eye. Yeah, it could have given her a creepy contact, like made it cloudy or something or like yeah. a light blue instead of the regular blue of her other eye. Like that would have been cool. Yeah. Also, oh my God, Tom's eyes were so fucking green. Do you think yeah. that's how he actually looks? My God, they were so green. I'm going to look. <laughs> okay. Um, One final note that I had. Oh, let's talk about this ending. Why in the world would they make that choice to just let them all live? I don't know. How is that going to ch- like? We don't know the rest of the books, but how is that going to change the storyline? So I guess they're not going to finish the stories. <laughs> I yeah, they're definitely not making anymore. They're definitely not making anymore. That was I a happy don't... ending. They just like absorb London, and London becomes a static city. Like, but then the wall is taken down. It partially, yeah, mostly I think partially, but like they get pretty close. So like a smaller town is going to be able to jump up in there and destroy some stuff. Oh wow, I got off track. Look at this picture of someone who did makeup to look like Hester Shaw. <gasps> that looks amazing. I know. Holy smokes. My God, that's scary. But I mean, that's definitely, that would never have flown in Hollywood. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. I Somehow in Hollywood, we're like, okay, with romantic relationships between like aliens and animals and like <laughs> all kinds of weird shit, as long as they like still fit in the Hollywood idea of sexy. But God forbid yeah. you put a person that is disfigured in some way. Right. You Wait till you see this one. Whoops. So the design oh, is Oh my like God, what they, they make her as a ginger. Yeah. How funny. <laughs> I mean, it says that her hair is coppery, which I still think could be uh, Auburn. Yeah. But I'll take, I'll take any ginger character that I can get. <laughs> is it not going well? I don't know yet. Oh, how funny. Um, but okay, so yeah, this ending. They let everyone live. And so like Sorry. that I feel like that kind of defeats so Tom gets like a minuscule amount of character character development by mm-hmm. telling the leader of Shanguo that don't kill all of London. There's thousands of innocents on there. And the leader of Shango is like, eh, okay, sorry. Bye. And then yeah, he's out. like, yeah, like, but we're going to strike first. And I was like, um, no, they don't do anything. They don't do shit. Yeah. They just sit there. 
oh, yeah, we strike first, but then they just get in their airships and sit on top of the wall. Right. (laughs) They don't do anything. And, like, in the book, the airships get destroyed. They can't even protect themselves. And they never end up doing anything because they're like, no, the shield wall will hold. We're fine. Yeah. They don't attack first. They just literally sit there and wait for London to creep up. Yeah. Such a weird, like, again, such a weird way to allocate your time. Yeah. They just, like, wanted to go for big battle scenes, I guess. Yeah, I guess. And then so so Tom has this like don't kill everyone and they're like oh but we're gonna kill everyone and then mm-hmm. you give character to d- development to the leader of Shango by yeah. allowing them to then come into the city right he's like, like ah you know I can tell that it was just one person that wanted to do this come on in yeah I think I I feel like it would have still been cool cinematically to kill everyone just let yeah. London blow up why not yeah London should have melted down that was fine I don't know like, why they didn't I I don't know. Kill one. And it's it's still not even it's not like you're going to continue. If you don't have right, you're not gonna continue. Because then really where do you go from here? Like if it was just Tom and Hester, like I get that you would then be able to experience America or something. Right. Like wherever they go Which, in the next book. Yeah. Just so like just like let London die. Yeah. I, I don't know. That was just so weird. It, they just like wanted this cutesy happy ending. And there was no need. No. Because I feel like people who wouldn't – so when – I mean, when I didn't read the book first, it just mm-hmm. seemed like the ending was just like, oh, okay, great. We're all done. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, like, that's the end. I think it would have been a little bit more impactful if I would have watched everyone die. Like, oh, shit. We just yeah. spent all that time with those characters. But fuck them, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> yep. Fuck them, I guess. <laughs> <sighs> I think that's all I had. That, that's all I, I had, mean- too. If you were to rate this movie out of 10, mm-hmm. with book and without book. Without book, it was definitely rated a little bit higher. Like, I remember, mm-hmm. I told you, I, like, loved the movie. Yeah. After reading the book, it's just, like, kind of blasé. Mm-hmm. So what are your actual ratings? I would say probably a six and a half or a seven pre mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that exemplifies because my boyfriend didn't really want to watch it a second time. I don't know yeah. if that if that says anything about having to watch or yeah. wanting to watch the movie. You don't want to watch it a second time. It's a good one go around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so watching, I definitely don't think I want to watch it anymore. Like I'm no, done. No, no, no. Done. <laughs> the second time, I would say it's like more of like a four and a half, five, because okay. it's just like I realized how watered down the whole storyline is. And they Mm -hmm. really should have just picked apart one thing and stuck with it rather than trying to go through every step that the book did. A book has hours and hours of time to be able to be spent on this. Mm -hmm. Whereas this movie didn't. So you didn't need to hash out Anna Fang, really. Like we could have met her in Shango. She was already an Asian character. You know, like just have her be in Shango. You didn't need to spend all the time with her. I hate to say it, but you didn't need to hash out Shrike either. Nope. If you really wanted this to be about the Traction Cities, we probably should have spent a little bit more time with the Traction Cities. Yeah. Because yeah. if like if you were going to try to sell this as like a really cool steampunk fantasy, it mm-hmm. kind of fell by the wayside in that fashion. Because right. you Although it would have been much more expensive to spend a lot more time with the Traction Cities. Right. Right. Because what we saw, loved, but they yeah. were able to allocate those funds correctly. Yeah. Loved. So what would I, your rating, I would say or what would your rating be um, pre book? I would give it a five. 
just as like completely 50-50, give or take. I mm-hmm. would have enjoyed it. I would have enjoyed the steampunk aspect. I would have enjoyed the big towns and like some of the fighting because I mm-hmm. am a sucker for like blowing stuff up in action movies. Yeah. Um, Post book, I'm going to give it like a two or three out of ten. Oh, shit. <laughs> for just like watering down everyone, picking up too many storylines and then just like putting them back down. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why? I don't know. One thing I, I did want to say earlier, because I did go on. So every young adult a series, not just like <laughs> singular books, but series that have a good following, such as Mortal Engines. They have a pretty good <laughs> following. They do have a subreddit. If you go on there and you read, it's literally just a bunch of crybabies <laughs> <laughs> whining about how th- this book should have been a TV series. I agree. <laughs> I feel like a lot of books nowadays would be very goodly, goodly, would be very adequately adapted as a TV series, but Mm -hmm. not everything's going to get the Game of Thrones money that you want, right? Right. (laughs) Like every single young adult novel that I've seen become adapted to either a TV series, a movie, Mm -hmm. or both because their fans cry so much that producers actually try to give it to them. Right. This movie could have been better if they would have almost completely ditched a lot of the storyline from the book and made it more Mad Max style. It would have done a lot better. Yeah. But I'm sorry, you're not going to please the fans and you're never going to please the fans of the book. You're never going to. So guys, stop crying. You're never going to get your TV series. I'm sorry. You're never going to get what you want. (laughs) It's literally never going to be the same. And I think the main reason that everyone still kind of likes the Harry Potter books and the Harry Potter moves separately is because Mm -hmm. they adapted it enough to change the story enough to make it fit movies a little bit better. Right. They had to ditch a lot of the side stories, but that's just Mm -hmm. the fucking name of the game. (laughs) Right. It it is. Like they have to make enough money that it pays for the movie. Yeah. You know? Like that's what it comes down to. And make it a- enough that a- it's palatable for everyone. Right, cuz it's not just for you. No. It's not just for you book fans. It's for everyone. I'm sorry. But they do need to make Bartimaeus into a TV series. Just saying. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Sorry. I feel like that could be a movie too. There's enough of like a straightforward plot minus all the side plots that like Right. I think that could be done pretty well. But all right. All right. I guess we got to get shit done. <laughs> yeah, I, sh- I should do some some stuff today. You going to shamelessly plug? Uh, Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, let us know what you thought of the movie. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at EpiloggersPod using the hashtag Epiloggers. Yeah. Complain with us. Yeah. Pick out some more stuff that we missed. We could have talked about this for a really long time, yeah, but yeah. that's not the name of the game. Right. That's not the name of the game. What storylines would you have kept in versus Xnade to for the Ooh, facility yeah, yeah. of getting through the movie a little bit better? Because I felt like it was kind of a little slow moving. Yeah. Yeah. Give us your, your streamline plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, have a good night. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> do we do we need the outro? No. Wait, what? Remember the best way to survive? <gasn't>. We didn't. I'm so sorry. Uh <laughs> the best way to survive adulthood and bad movie adaptations <laughs> is with a book in one hand and a coffee in the other <laughs> there we go bye well i think that summarizes our opinions on the mortal engines movie and the book series i realized that we didn't end up saying the book that we're going to be reading next so in two weeks time check out our prologue episode on uglies by scott westerfield thank you as always for listening and we'll talk to you then you